Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 86, Planning Travel for a Year. The Indie Travel Podcast is brought to you in association with TravelTalks.tv, IndieTravelGuides.com, and today, the letter P. The letter P? Yep, P for Perth. P for Perth, very nice. Yep, we're still in Perth, and we'll be here until mid-March, but exciting news. Yes, we've just booked our flights away. It's very exciting. We're going to have a great trip. We're going to, well, first of all, Craig's parents are going to come and meet us after we finish work. We've got about 10 more weeks of work, which actually isn't that much, really. So we'll work, then we'll spend some time in the Margaret River region of Western Australia. Then we're going to go to fly to Adelaide and spend some time with my sister. Then we're going to go to Melbourne and spend some time with some of my family and our best friend Graham. And then we'll go to Brisbane, see a bit of the Gold Coast and more family. We have lots of family in Australia. Oh, yeah, convicts. Your side of the family. Huh. Actually, they all lived in New Zealand before they immigrated. Oh, okay. They're respectable, upstanding citizens. That's right. Although, <laughs> no. to, to be honest, one of my ancestors was a convict. So let's just not talk about that. Okay, <laughs> okay. let's move on. Um, one thing I did want to say is we managed to save quite a lot of money once again when we booked these flights. Oh, yeah. We really recommend reading Chris Gabot's ebook, The Unconventional Guide to Discount Airfare, because we've, I mean, we read it and we've saved much more than the US $25 that it costs. Yeah. And I mean, I was talking to my sister on the phone the other day, and she's a pilot. And being a pilot, she travels quite a lot, and she doesn't always get to travel for free because she flies smaller planes. And she's been traveling on, you know, conventional airlines. And I mentioned one of the tips from Chris Gabot's book, and she just groaned because she hadn't been doing it, and she's missed out. She spent far more than she needed to. And, um, you know, she's a pilot. You'd think she'd know. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> but she's going to implement it from now on, and she's going to thank me, and I'll make sure she thanks Chris too. <laughs> uh, we've done a review of Chris's book in the past, and he's actually written up some of his tips for um, getting more mileage out of your frequent flyer points. So uh, if you come by the show notes, we'll have links to that, and um, you can get a 10% discount on his book as well with the code Indie Travel. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Indeed. So a lot of people have been talking about not travelling in 2009 because of budget problems. I, the economy's down, but I reckon when the economy's down, it can also be a great time to travel because, you know, things are cheaper. Definitely. And it's also an excellent time to consider taking a gap year rather than just struggling and fighting for, uh, for a position at work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're not making any money at home, go somewhere where you can make money overseas because not every country is in the grip of economic downturn. Yeah. So today we want to look at some ways to fit travel into your year and some practical planning considerations to help you get moving and out of the house. So we're going to talk about three different sections. First of all, goal setting, then scheduling, and finally budgeting. So let's start with goal setting. It's the simplest question. What do you want to do? Well, I want to. No, nobody cares what you want to do. No. The idea is that they think about what they want to do. Yeah, fair enough. So what do you want to do? Write down some ideas. Just go crazy. Write down everything you want to do. Have fun with it. Then look at it and see what might be possible. Write down some dreams and plan. start planning. Plan at least one weekend away, even if it's just couch surfing or spending a weekend with grandma. Yeah, I reckon at least once a month. If you plan once a month to have a weekend or one night's sleep outside of your house, away from home, there's a good kind of baby step to get you traveling, get out of it, even if you're um, couch surfing just in a neighboring town. Yeah. Or you're uh, going to stay with grandma for the weekend. Well, maybe you've got friends at university in a university town two hours bus ride away. Go and stay with them. I mean, they'll probably let you crash on their floor or, you know, stay in a 
in a hotel or whatever. Yeah, so even if your budget's rubbish, you can still, I swear, get away for at least 10 days this year. Definitely, definitely. So uh, think about your dreams. Think about what you'd really love to do and um, just chuck them all down in a bit of paper. Then there comes a bit of division because you can't do everything all at once. So figure out what you want to do more, what things you can do in the short term, what needs more planning. And um, yeah, so you kind of begin splitting them up is how I like to do it. I split them up into easily possible, I need to work for it to be possible, and probably absolutely impossible this year, but let's look at how to do it in the future. Exactly. I mean, even just having it on paper is good for your mental health. So once you've got them all on paper, start creating steps for reaching each goal. Some of them won't need a lot of steps. Maybe you've got a plan to go and see a friend in another town. Basically, you need to see how much the bus costs. And then you need to call your friend and say, can I stay with you? And that's your trip planned. Easy. But you can write those things down so you feel like you're getting a bit of progress. Other trips might need a little bit more planning. If you're planning on going overseas or to a different state, you'll need to look at transport, accommodation, you know, all the normal things that you need to look at when you're planning a trip. Yeah, so this is where we kind of get into scheduling. And I find scheduling things really difficult. Actually going from, here's the goal, here's what I want, I've broken it down into nice easy tasks. I'm really good at that. I'm really bad at putting it on a timeline. Yeah, it can be a bit difficult. What I find useful is to either print out a calendar from Google Google Calendar or buy a cheap $2 one or even just get a big piece of paper and scribble a calendar on it. I saw a movie once where this chick painted a monthly calendar on her wall every week, every month, sorry, and it looked so cool. Every month she'd just paint the wall white and then she'd draw, I think it was bright red, and she'd write all of her things that she's going to do for the the month on the wall. Uh-huh. Do you remember the name of the movie? I think it was called When Lucy Falls. Okay. Something like that. But that wasn't the point. I mean, the movie had nothing to do with her writing a calendar on the wall. I, that was just one part of it that I truly appreciated. <laughs> Anyway, so if you wanted to, you could paint it on your wall, but uh, if you still live with your parents, I recommend you talk to them about it first. <laughs> or if you want something a bit more portable, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't a, see why you can't take your wall with you. A notebook calendar or some good computer options are um, iCal for the Mac or Google Calendar, uh, which is on the cloud. So it's available from any computer that you use. Yeah. I mean... I love using computer systems, but I think when you're planning a trip, it's always good just to have a piece of paper and a pencil. Yeah, it's easier to visualize, isn't it? It's much easier. I mean, last year we printed out, I think, six months' worth of calendars, Mm. and we just scribbled all over it because we didn't know when things were happening, and quite often things were happening quite close to each other, and we needed to work out on which day we need to book flights, and that was a really easy way to look at it. And as plans change, we could just kind of rub out the pencil marks and put in you know new arrangements and when we made a booking like an air ticket uh we'd book that in pen yeah so that was kind of our system if we hadn't made a booking it was in pencil and as soon as we booked a hostel or a hotel or as soon as we booked the flight or the train or bus tickets then it went in pen yeah we put the confirmation code on there as well yeah yeah so we had like the the address or the phone number or the confirmation code all on that piece of paper as well so it was all together yeah during hectic times that can be a really good low-tech way of dealing with your planning definitely so get a calendar and just scribble all over all over it think about okay i'm going to go away in july i've got two weeks off my last day of work is 
will be this day, and then I want to fly on this day. Just just think about, make a rough plan, and then you can look into the actual logistics. Is there a bus on that day? Do you have, actually have to wait until the next day? What time is the bus? You know, all of this kind of logistical stuff. Yeah, you can get more and more detailed as time gets closer. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, on Twitter, when I asked about travel planning for 2009, Stuart from TravelFish.com got on, and he said to research and book online when possible, but don't overdo it, because the best experiences are unplanned ones. That's mm. true. Yeah, and that's why we that. used a lot of pencil on our planning. Yeah, we, what we usually did when we were planning was planned where we were going to be and how we were going to get there, but then... Not plan what we were going to do. Not plan what we were going to do. Maybe book yeah. the first night's accommodation, maybe two nights' accommodation. If everything looked pretty booked out, then we'd book the full time. But quite often we didn't have anything planned except how to get there, how to get away, and maybe a couple of nights' accommodation. Like when we went to Sofia, mm. we booked our flights in. We didn't book any flights out or anything because we are going to go by train to Istanbul. And we just booked our first night's accommodation in a hostel. Yeah, it was good. I mean, we did get kicked out of that hostel two nights later because it was overbooked mm-hmm. but we did we walk around them? town and found another even better hostel that's right so they gave us free beer free beer is always good in a hostel uh Stuart also said don't forget locals because they know best it's true yeah have something more intelligent to don't say don't have about anything that? more to say about that <laughs> Right. Well, the last part of uh, of this show and what we're thinking about to help you plan your travel in 2009 is the money. Money is very important. And it's also the hardest part. Yeah. Now, it doesn't cost as much as you might expect. You can travel for cheap. It's not that difficult. But you do need to plan to have some money while you're traveling. Otherwise, it will be really, really hard. Yeah. So in the past, we've talked about our three-part budget. Can you give us a brief review of that? Yeah, basically, for any trip, any length, what you need to do is look on hostel bookers or on a hotel website and work out about how much a hostel or a hotel will cost where you're going. Work out what sort of accommodation you want, whether it's a hostel, whether it's um, you know, a nice hotel, and write that number down on paper. For one night, maybe it costs 20 bucks. Then to get your three-part budget, triple the number. That means one part of it is for your accommodation, one part of it's for transport, and one part of it's for food and extra stuff. Now, if you're going to be couch surfing, just look at a hostel website and use that number. That can give you a a basic idea, because obviously it's not going to cost you anything to couch surf, although really you should get your host a gift. It's a good idea. You just need a number, though. So find out how much one night's accommodation will cost, write down the number, and triple it. That's your in-country budget. Then just multiply that number by the number of days you're going to be there. And that's your total in-country budget. Then, of course, you need to have some extras. What are those, Craig? Well, um, after we've done the kind of the in-country costs, we've also got to figure out how to get to the country. So if you're going overseas um, or you're doing long intercity journeys, you'll need to figure out your transport costs to get there. So your plane ticket in and out of the country. Yeah, there's no real easy way to estimate this. You really just need to go onto a website, uh, an airline website, 
and do a search to find out how much a flight costs or look on the bus website and find out how much a bus costs. And then after that, add your insurance costs. Um, it's really easy to get online quotes. Um, we've talked before about how we use World Nomads Travel Insurance, and um, if you do get a quote for them through our website, we get a bit of a commission, which is nice. Um, and then after we've got all of that, your in-country costs, based on this multiple of three budget, your flight costs and your insurance, I would add about 10%. Now, this 10% covers all of your pre-flight costs, or your pre-trip costs, sorry. Um, things like buying new equipment, getting vaccinations, organizing your visas. And um, it also, whatever's left, goes in as emergency money. Um, if something goes wrong and you just need a quick cash injection to get you out of a situation, then that's that money sorted. Yeah, now the good thing about this budget is it works for any length of time. If you're going on a, on a trip for a year, your flight costs are going to be the same one no matter how long you go for. Yeah. Your insurance costs will be a little bit more expensive because you're going for a longer time. But the in-country budget... Ah, but your weekly costs will, will be cheaper. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Obviously, going for a long time works out cheaper day-to-day than going for a short time because the uh, flight costs are divided over a longer period of time. But, I mean, obviously for a short time, you just have to pay extra per day for your flight, so it's not that bad. Now, one thing I'd recommend doing after you've, you've done the hard work of this kind of mental arithmetic and you've got your budget kind of sorted out is go and compare that with a tour. Oh, yeah. So, what you can see there is, well, normally how much you're saving by organizing it by yourself, but sometimes you'll find that a basic tour which organizes your accommodation and your flights without doing toury stuff in the middle can actually be cheaper than yeah. working it out yourself. Yep. When we were in Malta, we needed to leave the country, you know, doing a visa run, and um, we went to Greece. And I was looking and looking for flights out, and Malta had a huge exit tax at the time, and I just couldn't find anything. And I was looking through all the, fl- all the tours, and I found a really good, cheap tour to Greece. And um, it was a lot cheaper than this budget, because everything was included, the flights, the taxes, and accommodation. The way they were making their money was by charging exorbitant amounts for uh, the, the tours that you could do in the country. So we just didn't do any of those and did it all by ourselves. My favourite was the shopping tour, which was um, the equivalent of 30 Maltese pounds. And they took you by air-conditioned minibus to the local shopping mall and picked you up several hours later. The local bus cost the equivalent of about... I think it was 20 50... euro cents. Yeah, I was going to say, it was only about... It's about 10 Maltese cents. Okay, it's even cheaper than I thought. It was dirt cheap to catch the local bus. Admittedly, it was not air-conditioned, and you had to walk up the hotel driveway in order to oh, catch yes. it. Oh, yes, yes. That would have been, a, like, a good extra minute. Yeah. So and they were making their money not on the flights and accommodation, but on the extra tours that came with it. So do compare your budget with the cost of a tour, and if um, things look too expensive, then rejig your budget till you can afford it, and um, you might actually find yourself some great deals on sites like lastminute.com and things like that. Now, you might find that you just can't afford it. You've done your budget, and it's just, oh, it's so much money. But have a look at it. See how much it's going to be, and then think about when you want to go. It might look like a lot of money, but maybe it's six months away that you want to go. Divide that number by six. 
Now, can you save that much money in a month? Maybe it's, maybe it's doable. If it isn't doable, maybe plan to go next year. Can you divide it by 12? Can you make that much money in, in a month now? You know, it's half as much as before. So think about it, think about when you want to go, and then you can start planning to save. So how do we save? Well, let's not go there. (laughs) We'll just point you back to our information on cash budgeting, which we've found to be the most idiot-proof way of um, saving money, paying off our debts, and keeping us solvent on the road. And when it comes to money, I think we've all got this inner child, which makes us all complete idiots. So I'd highly recommend this uh, cash budgeting system that we've used and is helping keep us afloat. Yeah, we really recommend it, and we've recommended it to heaps of our friends, and they've tried it, and they find it good too. Mm. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Anything else you want to add? I think the biggest thing to think about is just do it. Honestly, travel. Don't give up on travel just because it might be a little bit more expensive. It isn't that much more expensive, and the amount you'll get out of it is so much better than what you'd get by staying home. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, I really want to say thanks to Sasha from YankeeInNewWorld.com for her guest post last week. Oh, yeah, that was great. Thank you very much, Sasha. She was talking about uh, voiceover internet options, so how to phone home for next to nothing, and in some cases, actually phone home for nothing while you're away on the road. So thanks very much. That was really useful, really practical stuff. Yeah, we're Skype fans ourselves. We use Skype all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you might be wondering what our New Year's resolutions are for 2009. Well, firstly, we're planning on doing more on locations. You asked for it, so we're going to do it. We'll be drawing on an international network of friends and podcasters to bring you great destination rundowns from everywhere, all over the world. So these locations won't completely overrun the site. We'll also have the practical tips that you know and love. (laughs) Yeah. We will also be increasing our writing roster. So if you are not taking the time to come by IndieTravelPodcast.com regularly and check out these travel articles, you're really missing out. Um, Sasha, who did our guest post last week, is writing great stuff on Europe. Jessica Spaulding on living in a vehicle. Uh, Matt has been talking about doing gap years and backpacking. Sherry Ott's talking about travel in Asia and travel in general. Dave's writing on starting out as a travel writer and how to get your career rolling. And Linda and I chip in with things from time to time as well. When we feel like it. (laughs) So there's heaps going on. There's lots of interesting topics. These travel columnists are coming back for us um, month after month, and it's awesome. But we are going to be increasing these articles even more in 2009. So if you're keen to write for the Indie Travel Podcast, one piece a month, uh, please get in touch. Mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Or even if you've got an idea for three or four articles in a series, and that would be a great idea as well. We could run them one a month. Yeah. Well, we'll be continuing to expand features on the site in 2009. Last year, we did so much when I was recounting it. We started Enhanced Podcasts, introduced video podcasts, and the site TravelTalks.tv. We published ebooks and started the site IndieTravelGuides.com. We produced audiobooks, which are also sold through IndieTravelGuides.com. We started using Facebook and Twitter to get in touch more. We brought guest writers on board, and we completely redesigned the site. Or maybe we should say (gasps) Craig completely redesigned the site. (laughs) And he's done a great job. If you haven't been by recently, you should definitely go by and look look at it, because it looks really gorgeous. Thank you. Just like you. (laughs) 
Thank you. So what's happening in 2009? Things are going to keep growing. We're going to be introducing a great resource center, which I'm working on at the moment. We're going to have these guest podcasts coming in from places all around the world. Uh, We're bringing on a forum so you can come by, share your expertise, ask your questions, and get instant feedback. Uh, We're working on more travel deals, and hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we're looking at partnering on a podcast scholarship. Very so exciting. that's going to be really cool. It's going to be a great year for us, and we are so glad to have you with us. Oh, you are so cheesy. I can't believe you actually oh, said that. Oh, come on. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Cheese is good. Camembert. Bree. <laughs> Hello, me. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always love to get your emails. Um, use the contact form on site or send us an email, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com, and you can find us at Twitter on IT Podcast. Yeah, definitely. Keep in touch with us because we really like to hear from you. So, Happy New Year. We're going to have to go because we're sweltering. It's time for another ice block. So until next week, travel well.